This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's time for a one-of-a-kind poker party. Poker Night in America is streaming live from Studio 52 in Las Vegas. Join us nightly at 8 p.m. Eastern Time as some of the biggest names in poker play in the ultimate house game. Watch on the Poker Night in America channel on YouTube and Twitch or go to PokerNight.com. Poker Night in America is back and ready to party. Welcome to Betting Weekly Extra Time. This is La Liga edition. You're with Dan Roebuck and Rory Barlow, editor of Football España. Last week, we had four nil-nils on the sleigh. Only two of the games featured over two and a half goals and just two minus money winners. We're getting our excuses in early this week. Even Elchi, Rory, uh, managed to win at plus 540 last week. It wasn't easy, wasn't Not a lot of goals around. That was my sort of takeaway with all those nil-nils last week. Yeah, I'm coming back to the whole, this is the tightest league in Europe thing, because uh, anyone can beat anyone. Elchi, the two games they've won this season have both stung me, which I feel mightily aggrieved about. But um, as I was just telling you, I think we will make it back into the positive before the end of the season. I'm convinced of that. Um, there we go. That, that's the confidence you want to hear. Um, that's the challenge. That's the challenge. Yeah. Because yeah, uh, I mean, as as I'm sure I will, um, as I will um, add Matisse's uh, nuance, my sort of takes and my analysis throughout this show. Um, I feel like we're not far off the actual results and the and what we're kind of seeing from the games. It's just sometimes the results do not go the way we want them to. That is the problem. That is always the case. It's always a challenge. <laughs> uh, it's it's an evolving battle uh, every single week. We're going to uh, kick off four picks this week with Friday night football. Um, Cadiz against Hatafe. This is 9 o'clock local, 3 p.m. Uh, Eastern. Cadiz are plus 145. Hatafe plus 240. The draw here is plus 195, which is pretty short. Over and under two and a half goals Overs plus 195, under minus 250, very, very short. Now, two teams here, Rory, just separated by a point, both above the relegation zone. One could be in it after this round of fixtures. I mean, Cadiz have been in the bottom three for much of the season. They had that awful start to the campaign, but they have been better recently. And I'm taking that point in San Sebastian last weekend as a bit of a positive. How do you see it? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I stayed away from that game because I thought this Cadiz defence has shown that it's no longer a defence to be written off, that they're no longer a side to be dismissed based on merely kind of the fact that they have one of the lower budgets and slightly less quality than some other sides. I think that Cadiz, particularly in 2023, have shown that they're very strong at home. They've turned uh, the Nuevo Mirandilla into a bit of a fortress. Um, and, and yeah, I, I find it Hard to see past them, but as I've done before with Cardiff, I'm going to 
put a wee sort of caveat in, in the pick that I put together here, just because with a team like Cadiz, who are defensively minded first and foremost, a team that don't have a lot of goals in them, they have improved in that regard and they do have a couple of useful players up front, but they don't have a reliable striker. And so when I see that, I'm always reluctant to back against back forward and outright to win. Uh, in this case, I've gone with Cadiz to win or draw, plus under 2.5 goals and, and bashing that heavy under as you were talking about earlier. That comes back at minus 124, which I think is reasonable. You look at the fact that it's minus 250 for under 2.5, that tells you that that very much is where people think this is going. And yeah, Hatafe got a big result against Girona last weekend, but I was watching that game and they were good. They were intense and they put up a good fight against Girona, but they went 3-0 up in that first half. I think every single shot they took went in and it went in, on target, went in and they were gifted at least two of those goals by the Girona defence who just had a, a dreadful 45 minutes and that kind of really set the game up in Hatafe's favour. So, I looked at that and I think, as as I was saying kind of in the previous week, this is a Taffy side that competes well, but they're neither brilliant nor really bad. They're just kind of somewhere in the middle. Caddy, three wins on the bounce at home, three clean sheets, and they've only scored more than two on one occasion this season. So I don't think they're going to bash goals past this Hitafe side. It's their solid team against another sort of solid team, but that struggle away. They've got one point in their last five away, just two wins away all season and just nine goals away all season. So Hitafe, very much kind of, they're not on a wayside. Both of these teams rely on their home form. Friday night in Cadiz, in the south of Spain, I think it'll be pretty feverish down there. I think that'll work to Cadiz's advantage. And so, yeah, that's why I'm back in Cadiz to win or draw under 2.5 at minus 124, Dan. It is a bet that centres around home and away form, as you've just explained there. Cadiz unbeaten at home since mid-September and Hatafe without an away win in La Liga, at least since October. And we like unders as well as those over and under two and a half goal market would suggest, as Rory's pointed out as well. Heavily expected to be few goals in this one, but we like Cadiz and draw as well as under two and a half goals, minus 124. I picked out a player that I need your thoughts on, Enis Unal for Hetafe, scored in four of his, of his last five, five goals in total. Not quite sure where he's come from, just had a dig at one or two of his career um, or into his CV. Um, a former Man City junior, which I, I didn't realise. Is he a player that's um, perking a bit of interest in Spain at the moment? He's plus 650 to score first, plus 330 to score at any time. Yeah, I mean, he's sort of becoming a bit of a cult hero in Spain because he kind of was this very much German journeyman striker who came through the ranks, was very highly rated at City when he was kind of 17, 16, um, and has talent. He does have sort of technical parts of his game. He's a big, strong laddie. He's a unit. He's very tall. He uses his body very well. And at Hatafe, since he arrived there, he's kind of been given that kind of that edge, that kind of bit of bitterness, that willingness to fight against defenders, whereas perhaps he was, I don't want to, maybe just a little softer and he didn't quite have that kind of, yeah, um, bit about him to battle against defenders. Previously, he went through Villarreal, Valladolid, I think. He, he went through a number of teams in Spain. But Ahatafe has really found some form and Atleti um, have been linked with him quite a lot in recent sort of transfer windows. I think it's about 25 million, 20 million. That's his release clause. 
So if you're looking at, uh, if you want a target man to battle, he's not too old. He's got goals in him and he's got a decent shot on him as well. He's scored some absolute stunners this season. So yeah, if you can get that Ennis now, then it's a real weapon. And frankly, without him, I think Hatafi would be going down. But uh, with him and certainly at home, I do feel that they've got a decent chance of staying up. Yeah, player to watch potentially, certainly in the transfer window, just 25 years old. We're looking at 25 million euro potentially. If you fancy a first goal scorer bet in that game, he might be one uh, to look at. Let's move on to the Saturday two o'clock game, local 8 a.m. Eastern. This is Real Madrid against Espanyol. Real Madrid, obviously, a short price favourites at minus 385. Espanyol, the biggest price on the weekend slate. At plus 11.50, the draw here is plus 500. Um, Real Madrid haven't won any of their last three. Last time they failed to win uh, four in all comps, this is, was back in autumn of 2018. Were they a little unlucky against Real Betis last week? Did they deserve a bit more than the draw, Rory? I thought so. I think Courtois did make the best save of the game. He made a really good save uh, stop from the Betis forward, but... I, I thought that they did enough. They created enough chances to win that game. If you look at their previous two games against Atleti and Barca, the problem was that they didn't really create anything at all. They couldn't find gaps in the defence. Whereas I don't think that was the issue this time. I mean, they didn't really hit the target too much and they didn't trouble Claudio Bravo greatly. But it was a case of kind of running onto chances and blazing them over, even though that they were very good chances. And you, when you mentioned those statistics there, I think law of averages tells you that Real Madrid probably going to win this game. Um, where I'm coming at this, and as we've known all season, it's about kind of finding a way that you can get value out of the big two. I've gone Real Madrid to win to nil at minus 115. And I've been critical of the Real Madrid defence all season. But they have improved, even though they conceded against Atleti, even though they conceded against Barcelona. Six clean sheets in their last eight in La Liga. That tells you against the teams that maybe don't have the firepower that they're starting to find ways of, of keeping them out. I do is think that personnel Real... change, do you think? Or is it just tactically if they're just bedded in a little bit more with the current system? It's an interesting one. I think Ancelotti said that they needed more balance at the weekend and it needed to be because beforehand they were scoring a lot of goals, but they were kind of not managing to defend. And now it's kind of gone the opposite way. And I think to a certain extent, yeah, I think there's personnel changes. I think Nacho's come to the side and Nacho for one re well, one way of looking at it is he's a lot more reliable. He's a lot more of a natural defender and he's been playing at the fullback spots. And so that, negates some of your attacking prowess, but it adds defensively. I still think Rudiger's got an error in him. So I'm still not totally faithful in him. But uh but yeah, Courtois back, natural in the defense. I think there's just a little bit more solidity about them. And with Eduardo Camavinga's form, he's really been breaking down attacks for them. Um and just kind of coming circling back around to that bet. I think Espanyol do have a lot of good firepower, but the one stat I will throw at you, which is where I've, where, why I think Hostelu and Martin Braffway are going to stay quiet this weekend, is in the last nine years at the Bernabeu, Espanyol have not scored. They've got nine straight defeats and nine straight goalless appearances. Espanyol are good at responding. They have decent forwards, but in this case, I think Real Madrid just need to get the job done, and I think they will. Kamavinga is still playing left back at the moment. That just seems odd to me, but he's been playing there for how long now? Last few months more? He's been 
sort of moved around quite a lot. He's been uh, at left back at times. He was at the weekend and then he's been in midfield too. Chouamini's really dropped off and there's been kind of concern about his form quite a bit in the last kind of month or two. And so I think for that reason, he's Ancelotti's been kind of muddling around with his midfield. He's got Chouamini in there at times, but more often it's been kind of Kamavinga and Kroos. You've got Modric, obviously, kicking around, but not starting every game. Danny Ceballos has been in good form, but is not doesn't have the cachet of the other players in that kind of lineup. So, so yeah, Ancelotti's been tinkering a lot of late, and he's moved to a four-two-three-one in in the last kind of two or three games. And I don't know if I'd say it's quite worked, but I do understand why he's done that because last season Benzema was the the nine and the ten. He basically played two positions. This season he's just become a nine in light of his kind of injury problems and lack of sharpness. So, so yeah, he's trying to play Modric or Rodrigo in that 10 role and trying to connect up that attack again. Tinkering his work from a defensive point of view, as Rory pointed out, with those clean sheets recently and certainly at home, they've been better. And we like Real Madrid to win to nil here at minus 115. Espanyol, as Rory's pointing out, really struggled to score uh, the Bernabeu. Let's move on to the later game on Saturday, Celta Vigo against Rafa Vallecano. This is 6.30 local, 12.30 Eastern, Celta Vigo plus one away. Uh, Rio plus 300, Drury's plus 225, over and under two and a half goals here, over plus 143, under minus 177. Uh, Celta just one loss in their last six, just looking at some of their expected goal stats here. Their minus eight goal difference, but their expected goal difference is plus 108. Um, should they be a little higher up the table? Have they been a bit unlucky? Have they been better under Carlos Carvalhal? Yes, Carvalhal's made a big difference. And I think of late, they've been very good. Of late, I could say that they've probably been one of the better teams in La Liga and they've given Atleti a really good game. They've really sort of, yeah, taken the game to all of their rivals since since about sort of late January, I'd say. I thought they were unlucky not to win last week. They played against Osasuna and they did have a goal. Osasuna had a goal wiped out for offside, which was a bit controversial, but I mean, letter of law, it was uh, rightly ruled out. I was watching this game and, and wanting this this uh, my bet on Celta to come in. And my word, Gabri Vega, if you'd put money on what one player to sort of uh, finish off an easy chance, it would have been him. Perhaps Thiago Aspas, but ball falls to Vega, sort of coming on to it about eight yards out, and he totally fluffs his lines, hits his standing leg. And I think if they'd scored that, they would have gone on to win the game because they were pretty defensively solid. And... Yeah, I think away from home, they were probably a little bit more satisfied with a point. Whereas at Balaidos this weekend against Rayo Vallecano, there'll be more pressure on them to kind of go for it. Rayo Vallecano are a side that will play with them. They will go toe-to-toe with them. Both teams can press high. Both teams like to play through the press. So I think this will be a pretty entertaining game. I think it could be pretty back and forth. Where I'd say Rayo Vallecano obviously is still doing very well for themselves in seventh place, I think. or I think it's in seventh place, yes. And they've been playing decent football. They've been playing organized, sort of uh, not stingy, but kind of, but kind of, yeah, just getting through these games and not making mistakes. But they do lack a source of goals, and I don't think that they're playing as well as they were kind of earlier in the season. And for that reason, I think I'm going for Celta again at plus one hundred eight. Celta to win simply outright. I still think Celta are doing things very well. I think that they're the more informed team and frankly, just playing better football than Rao. 
add into that the more firepower from Celta's end. I think it would take a bit of a performance from, from Rio to win this. And if you look at last week, they were totally nullified by Cadiz, who who do have a solid defence, but it's, it speaks to the fact that I think Celta have the edge here. Plus 108, plus money selection. Celta Vigo at home to get the better of Rio on Saturday. That's 6.30 local, 12.30 Eastern. Uh, don't forget the vagaries of the world time clock means that uh, the United States uh, change in terms of how many hours they are behind when it comes to Sunday. So the last game we look at here, Girona Atletico Madrid is 9pm local, but 4pm Eastern in the States. Uh, Girona plus 265, Atletia plus 115 here, plus money, Atleti away from home. The draw at plus 240. More goals for Girona last weekend. Wrong side of a 3-2 scoreline at Hatafa. we talked about uh, earlier. Their last three games have produced some 18 goals, more than their previous seven combined. We did touch on it last week as well. Has anything significantly changed or is it just a little bit of an anomaly that suddenly we're seeing an awful lot more goals in the Girona fixtures, Rory? I think they've always been sort of one of the best, the size that includes the most goals in their games. I think they do have that that honour to their name. I think 38 scored maybe and 38 conceded. That makes them the third best attack and the fourth worst defence. So so when you put those two together, you're you're guaranteed entertaining games. Yeah, Girona, what's changed for them? They've got Sigankov in the side. I think that makes them a lot better in an attacking sense, but it does remove a little bit of sort of balance to their side. I think the other players that would have played in his position, kind of coming off the right, would have been kind of more hard-working players, slightly more humble players in a sense. And I don't mean that disrespectfully to Sigankov, but he's very talented and he's used to being kind of the star of the show. So, yeah, I'd say Girona are one of the best teams to watch. They're one of the best coach teams in La Liga, but they do go two to two. two. They do go head to head. They they don't mind getting into kind of a shootout with other teams. And so that's why we're seeing so many goals. When it comes to the selection, we are focusing on Atleti here. We mentioned the fact that they were a little bit more like the Atleti that we've come to love over the years under uh, Simeone last week. But then they go and put six past uh, Sevilla. Uh, We are focusing on Atleti and we're looking for over goals as well. But uh, talk us through your your selection here, uh, Rory, with the same game parlay. Yeah, I was listening to the Spanish football podcast and they were saying it was tremendously disloyal to Cholo Simeone because he beat the, <laughs> he became the most, uh, the manager with the most games for Atleti last weekend, beating Luis Aragonés with 613 games to his name. And the right way to do it would have been to win 1-0 with a header from a corner. <laughs> but instead they they blew the doors off Sevilla and won 6-1. <laughs> but it does, it's part of this Atleti kind of revival that we've seen in this kind of, in these recent games, it's something that we kind of predicted in about January, February, that this lack of European competition would help them. Um, we mentioned last week the lack of Joao Felix has helped them. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, now they're unbeaten in eight in La Liga. They'll be on a high from that Sevilla win. I mentioned Griezmann is one of the best, if not the best player in La Liga right now. He he, he was just marvellous last week. His pass for the Murata sort of, well, Murata takes two attempts to finish it, but his pass for that, Loftu is really kind of champagne football from him. There's another he curls into the top corner from about 25, 30 yards out. When you've got a player in that form, it's hard to back against him not scoring against the first, uh, scoring or assisting against the fourth worst defence in the Liga. 
I you mentioned 18 goals in their last three games. I just want more than 1.5 this game. Um, I've gone Atleti to win or draw over 1.5 goals at minus one two five. I do think Girona will give them a game, particularly against sort of in the in Catalonia and kind of the small Montalivi that won't benefit Atleti. But Atleti are the form side. I wouldn't sort of begrudge anyone going outright Atleti to win here. Um, and one of the things that works in Girona's favour against the big sides we've seen against Real Madrid and Barcelona is the fact that they do tend to be a bit more ambitious and keep the ball, which I think unnerves kind of the bigger sides a little bit more when they're playing against these more humble opposition. But if you look back to their 2-1 defeat to Atleti earlier in the season against Atleti, that factor is negated a little bit by the fact that Atleti are less ambitious than your traditional bigger side. So if you follow me through all those doors of psychology then it, it it kind of, yeah, Atleti aren't as susceptible to, uh, to an upset here as perhaps Real Madrid and Barcelona might have been and and were in Real Madrid's case and nearly were in Barcelona's case. So, yeah, I'm going to go Atleti to, to win or draw at uh, plus over 1.5 goals at minus 125. Yeah, last three meetings uh, at Girona, all draws, incidentally. Worth having it on your side. Plus 125, not the worst value at all. Morata, incidentally who scored a couple of, didn't he, last time out, plus 500 to get the first, plus 220 to score at any time. He's a player that is a little bit streaky, seems to score his goals in in clumps in two or three games on the spin, then we don't see him for five or six. Just one player that probably won't be playing, just delved into a few stats on this one, Rory, because betters are always looking for absentees and what sort of difference they might make to results. Rodrigo de Paul, who might be leaving at the end of the season, I saw on your website there's a story that potentially might be going back uh, to Italy. I mean, this is a player who I think featured in every game for Argentina or nearly every game and started the World Cup final. But his win percentage with Atleti this season and last, this season, 44% um, when he starts Atleti win, 53 without. So they're better without him. And last season, the same, 43 and 55 uh, mm-hmm. Is he is he a player that that just? I mean, he was so good at Udinese, and he played in Spain previously. Has has it just not quite clicked with Atleti? Do you think? Yeah, he's never quite had the continuity that perhaps he wanted, and that Simeone wanted from him as well. I mean, we're speaking about an Atleti side that, until the last few games, really hasn't really had a strong identity or a strong system that they've implemented for a, a good twelve months or so, and so. Within that context, De Paul has struggled. And I also think, yeah, to a certain extent, there's been injury issues. There's been a lot in the media about him going back and forth between Argentina and sometimes the US to see his his new girlfriend, Tina Stussel, who's a who's an Argentine pop star and very much in the media over there. So so yeah, there's been if if you go to the Metropolitano, sometimes you will hear the odd kind of few whistles, you get people telling him to go. That speaks to to a player that's not had it easy at Atleti. He was meant to be kind of that big signing that would take their midfield to the next level alongside kind of Coque and, and Marco Chirente, but it just never really clicked for him. And I think, will Atleti miss him this weekend? Probably not, to be perfectly honest. He was putting together kind of a good run of form before this kind of latest injury, but that's another two games missed already. This would be a third and then you you start getting into that kind of cycle again of never quite being fit, of never quite having the continuity, of never having the trust of kind of Simeone or the fans. And it, it is very difficult for a player to to show his best form in those contexts. And 
yeah, okay, does he hold some of the responsibility for that? Of course, yeah. But but yeah, I mean, from a wider kind of point of view and from a wider angle that we're looking at it from, there there are reasons that he's not quite had the impact. But uh, but yeah, it's, it's been a disappointment to be perfectly honest. Honest. Uh, Rodrigo Paul, we don't expect him to play uh, this weekend. He's uh, a severe doubt for Atleti's game against Girona. The pick here is Atleti or the draw and over one and a half goals at minus 125. Uh, Celta, Vigo against Rial. We like Celta to win at plus 108. In Real Madrid's game against Espanyol, I've got a further question on this one for Rory in just a second before we wrap up. Uh, Real Madrid to win to nil, uh, minus 115. Uh, and Cadiz Catafe, our first uh, tip this weekend, which is Friday, 9pm local. We've gone Cadiz or draw and under two and a half goals at minus 124. Uh, just before we wrap things up, uh, Rory, on, on Liverpool, uh, on Real Madrid, they take on Liverpool next week. They've got this big advantage from the first leg at Anfield. But will they have watched what? Liverpool did to Manchester United uh, <laughs> at the weekend. And and I just wondered what, you know, as the mood shifted or is there no focus on that Champions League return leg just yet? I mean, Real Madrid should go through and obviously they're the last representative of Spain uh, in the Champions League, got good options in the other competitions uh, on the continent. I just wondered if, um, if they're slightly concerned and given what Liverpool can do in European football, as we've seen over the last however many years. Yeah, it's kind of a catch-22 for Real Madrid because if they do not pick up all three points against Espanyol, I think any slim hopes that they have of winning La Liga are probably gone. And yeah, at the same time, they're probably favourites for the Champions League right now, right? or certainly amongst them. I'd say there's still confidence that they'll go through. I think it would be more damaging to them to not kind of get a win against Espanyol or not convince against Espanyol than it would to rest or more beneficial that if I can speak, and then it would be beneficial for Real Madrid to rest players against Espanyol, if that makes sense. So if they go and draw um, having rested players, I think that lack of momentum will hurt them more than kind of the, the fatigue that it might take on Vinicius or Benzema. So I see Ancelotti kind of going for this game, trying to wrap it up after about 50-60 minutes, get the subs on, and then we'll, we'll look at Liverpool, because I think they should be fine, and Real Madrid do tend to wobble even if they tend to get through it, they do tend to wobble. And I think it'll be a good game just because Liverpool are, are it's required of them to absolutely go at Real Madrid. But if there's one thing that we've spoken about, this is one thing that we've seen, it's that Real Madrid are at their best when they can counter-attack, when there's space in the midfield. And it's when you sit back and defend against them, as Barcelona and Atleti have shown recently, and Betis, that's when they find their issues. So, yeah, I, I expect Real Madrid to go through and I expect them to to play kind of a full-strength side this weekend as well. Yeah, two really good betting games for a Real Madrid point of view this weekend and next weekend when it comes to the Champions League. Rory, thanks for your company as ever. That wraps it up for Betting Weekly Extra Time La Liga edition. Rory has promised that we're going to be back in profit come the end of the Spanish football season. We're going to be back for a preview of Week 26 uh, next time around. Stay across all of the Bet Rivers content across our Twitter feed at Because We Win. Thanks for listening to Betting Weekly Extra Time on the Bet Rivers Network.